This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Teachers are back in the news big time. With strikes occurring in states and cities across the country, teacher unions are saying that their members need to be paid more, and many in political office are searching for ways to find the necessary cash. But even if teacher strikes can be solved, are schools going to have teachers with the knowledge and skills necessary for students to learn? In most states, public school teachers must either be licensed or pursue studies that will allow them to receive such a license. But do teachers actually know the content that they are expected to teach and do schools of education offer the courses that teachers need to learn that content? The National Council on Teacher Quality has just released a major new study that sheds new light on these questions. And today I have with me on the Education Exchange, Kate Walsh, the director of the National Council on Teacher Quality. Kate, thank you for joining me on the Education Exchange. Happy to be here. Well, Kate, you have obtained uh, the passing rate of those who would be elementary school teachers on those tests that many states require every teacher to take if they are to secure a license. Now, how did you obtain this information? We obtained the pass rate data from ETS, which is one of two companies which publish these tests. Um, we've been trying to get this data from them for 15 years, so eventually patience was, re was rewarded. Well, why wouldn't that information be automatically made available to the public? Who, who has been getting this information in the past? Almost no one. Uh, <laughs> and um, now you're really, now you're going to, this isn't going to be all that much about the report, but this is really what is burning me. Um, states uh, get this data f supposedly from the testing companies. And what we've learned is a lot of states don't even ask for this data. Um, and states are required to report this data to the federal government. And what they report is not the actual pass rate of institutions. So uh, it, it, those, the pass rates that are reported for federal purposes are misleadingly positive, shall I say. And uh, so this is this paper, in addition to revealing how little coursework there is to prepare teachers for this test also speaks to a real problem for the public that we're all deprived of just basic information that would help aspiring teachers make better decisions and and school districts know where to recruit. I mean, this is just a basic consumer protection issue and I'm not quite clear why states are permitted to to basically hide this data. Well, so I once looked at some data from one state, I won't say which one, but I think I recall that 98% of the teachers passed the test as reported by the local districts in that state. And you're saying, and I took this seriously. I said, oh, 98, this must be an easy test, I said, so if 98, but you're saying that 98% figure is not necessarily accurate? <laughs> it's not only ne not necessarily accurate, it is quite inaccurate. Uh, what actually happens is that states report the program completers, 
and program completers is defined as people who pass the test. So they basically report um, 95, 96% passing um, as program completers on average. So in actuality, it's appalling how badly teacher candidates do on these tests. So the test we looked at is a pretty good test because it's a, one of the newer tests. It allows um, it, it no longer allows candidates to do really well on one sec section of the test, like mathematics or English, and have that compensate for a low score on another section. And that's traditionally what these tests have allowed teacher candidates to do, which made them really easy. So uh, sections, how many sections? Four, to, four. typically. So, so there's science, the yeah. science, mathematics, social studies, and uh, English language arts, the traditional okay. subjects taught in elementary schools. So this, you're talking about elementary school teachers here. Exactly. And the elementary school teachers are supposed to know a little bit about a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, a, right. a little should. bit about a lot. And, the, and these tests, uh, have you looked at the questions? Are they... Uh, you know, if you can pass this test, is it a sign that you sort of do know your English language arts and you do know your math? So you feel like this is a pretty good test from that point of view? I, we had a group look at this test about four years ago when it came on the market, and we thought it was a pretty good test. Uh, we were surprised how good it was. Um, and I didn't think it was too, really easy. I also didn't think it was exceedingly hard. But it, it, it definitely was something, I think, that um, – and states quickly adopted it. So it's a new test, and now it's used in 23 states. So um, states agreed it was a good test. So – but then uh, – so – when I found 98% of the teachers had passed, why wasn't it 100%? How can you, if you oh. have to pass the test to complete the program, then how could anybody, I guess some people could have passed the test and then didn't take the last course or. Yeah, something so, like that. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. But those are folks who passed the test and for some other reason did not complete the program. Yeah. So it, it, it is, it is, um, George Miller, who used to um, reign over education in, in the House, um, this was his uh, push back in the 1990s to get these pass rates revealed. And he was completely defeated by um, higher ed, defining <laughs> the terms in a way that was not exactly um, useful to the American public. So a lot of people over the years have been trying to figure out how to how to improve this. But what is interesting to me, I understand why a lot of institutions want to hide their pass rates because some of them are... So institutions, you mean schools of education. Yeah. Yeah. So schools of education are saying, we will teach you how to become a teacher. Come take courses from us and you will get a take license. Your, take your you tuition dollars and your time and you will get a license, right? And if the average pass rate for African-Americans... Uh, well, the average pass rate nationally for African Americans on this test is 38%. So there are presumably institutions which serving high numbers of African American candidates who tend to be first-generation college goers, um, and they've also had substandard K-12 education, more likely. Um, you know, you can imagine at many of those institutions, the pass rate is in the basement. So 38% is a low percentage. How is, what's the percentage of all applicants? Well, uh, 
if you look at the first-time pass rates, everybody does terribly. So the pass rate for all candidates is 46%, I believe, on the first time they take the test. So the first time you take the test, 46% pass. Now, do you take this test at the end of your educational career? Yeah, there you've got it. That's the problem. You take it at the end when it's too late to take any courses to fix the problem. Um, if, if, If programs required this test when they admit these students, students might have a prayer of addressing their gaps. But no one does that. And also, no one does any kind of diagnostic work on these kids to say, you know what? Your chemistry is, you don't know any chemistry. You got to know a little bit of chemistry to be a teacher. Well, they wouldn't have to use these tests. They could use some other tests. Yes. They could use anything they wanted to just point to where the gaps are. But we found that about 4% of the institutions in the United States require that diagnostic work. Nobody's doing it. So 47% do not pass on the first time around even though they've been taking courses for a full year? or Four year. Under, this is an undergraduate. So these are folks who took all their general education requirements for the university, or, and that's when you get most of their content. And then you take mostly professional coursework your junior and senior year, and then senior year is when you do student teaching. So um, these are people who have essentially spent their college career to become a teacher and they have one big surprise at the end of it they're not going to be one 47 percent but 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 they get it up to 70 so So how many times can you take this test you can take as many times as you want um but actually most people don't it's expensive so oh how expensive is it it's i think it's um $400 $400 to take the te- full test again, but you can take different parts of it. So I think it's $90, but it, don't quote me on that. But I think it's, you know, there are, I was talking to somebody who uh, works at an institution where the candidates are all first-generation college goers, and she said that there are candidates who just drop out of teaching, period, because they can't afford to take the test the first time. Um, let alone take it a second time. And you see that. Um, you see a huge drop-off for African-Americans after one attempt, um, a huge drop-off by Latino candidates after one attempt. Um, and and the more affluent candidates are more likely to persist and take it two or three times. Well, I can hear the argument already. We don't have enough minority teachers in our educational system. we got to get rid of this test. <laughs> yeah, th- and that's my biggest concern. Um, there are folks out there, and, and quite a few folks who believe very much in student accountability, but they think that this test is a problem. Um, I think you're shooting the messenger myself. Um, this is uh, this is saying you know the subject matter you need to teach elementary grades. And if you don't know it, um, we need to rectify that. Um I think much the much more important message here is higher ed needs to make sure these candidates are taking the right courses. And um, if we were to drop the test, we'd be the only developing, the only developed nation in the world that didn't expect our teachers to have to know something to teach it. And I 
actually, I don't think parents would be too too crazy about the idea that their teachers have not met any bar to show that they're ready for the classroom. So you're saying the problem is in the preparation programs. Uh, aren't they teaching these kinds of skills in college so that students should be able to pass such a test we by looked, the time they finish college? One would think, but we looked at the course requirements said for over 800 institutions. And we said, okay, are they taking mathematics that is relevant to what they'll need to be teaching? Are they taking science that is, you know, fundamental and broad enough? Are they getting, are, you, are we leaving holes in their scientific knowledge? Um, same with history, geography, and uh, literature and composition. And um, we found an unbelievable lack of alignment between the courses that teacher candidates are directed to take. And it's not that they never have to take a history course. It's not like they never have to take a science course. But what they're told, though there are institutions which will never require them to take any of those courses, but they're the minority. What is much more likely to happen is they get a long list of electives that anyone on the campus gets the same list of electives. And if they want to take the history of dance to satisfy their history requirement, that's fine. If they want to take chemistry and art restoration to ca to satisfy their, their science requirement, that's fine, even though they might not know any biology. So there's no, um, there's, there's no attempt on the part of the program or the institution um, most often to make sure that these candidates get the specialized knowledge. I mean, you'd never see this in someone preparing to be a nurse. They wouldn't be allowed to take, you know, to take anatomy, but they'd never study anything about, you know, the circulatory system or something. You know, you just wouldn't see these holes. So let's talk about nursing a bit. What's, what's the passing rate for nurses? 85%. 85%? On the first on attempt. On the first test. On the first attempt. So... No, they must. This must be an easy test then. If it's so, if eighty-five percent can pass on the first attempt and only forty-seven percent of teachers can pass, the nursing test must be a very simple test. I haven't looked at the nursing test, and if I did, I wouldn't be able to. Tell you. It would seem very hard to me. I assure you. But um, um, I you don't think, think that's the story. I don't think that's the story. You it, think the story is that nursing schools actually teach nurses what nurses need to learn in mm -hmm. order to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. And we looked at other entry tests um, for to get into the law profession, to get to be a doctor, to be a CPA, to be you know the only test that had had lower pass rates than teaching. Um, was uh, the CPA one of the CPA exams, which are notoriously difficult, and you can you have to pass it within eighteen months of passing another section. And um, but all other entry level tests um, were in the eighties, and so that that seems fair. I mean, you know, if I'm told that I have to pass a test to get my license to to, to be in any profession, I think it's fair for there to be a fifteen twenty percent drop off but not 50, not 62, as the case with African-Americans. So 47% passed the first time, but you said that 70-some percent finally do pass? 75%. 75%. Yeah. So 
how do they pass? Do they go back and take courses again? Do they do concentrated study in their deficiency? Uh, how do you how do you get to pass? I don't actually know. I do know that a lot of programs have test prep, which is essentially teaching to the test. Um, and but it's interesting. It's kind of ironic that they'll that these institutions will invest in what are sometimes quite expensive test prep programs that are provided by um, the test publisher or, or a third party. Um, but they don't think to actually teach the basic course to begin with. So we get teaching to the test for teachers mm. in order to get them to pass when they haven't acquired the content knowledge as part of their regular education. Now, this varies, of course, from one school of education to another. Do you know which school of education a teacher went to and therefore you can actually get the passing rate for every higher ed institution in the United States? Nobody knows that. There isn't, there is nobody anywhere except the testing companies that knows the answer to that. The, even, we, even states don't really even want this information. Some states try to publish it and they do, you know, we were able to get um, some pass rate data at the state level, not at the institutional level. Um, but, um, for example, New York State, when John King was Secretary of Ed, he was appalled by this um, lack of transparency, and he put up a website that said how every program in the state did on their test. And it was eye-opening, um, to say the least. There were a whole bunch of programs that didn't have a, didn't have a single candidate who had passed a test. And... Um, he put that up towards the end of his administration, and, and within two or three weeks of him leaving, um, the website was pulled down. So, so uh, even states don't really care whether or not their schools of education are teaching their students what teachers are supposed to know. Uh, they either they either do not care, um, or they deliberately. Uh, want to shield their higher ed institutions from um, shame and embarrassment. Well, that's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> well, they could, for example, both testing companies told us that there are states that never ask for this data. So you interpret that as you, as you will. They just want the, the fictitious data that's turned into the federal government um, and they don't particularly want to, to get any further than that. So what are your recommendations? How would you address this problem? It seems like it's a serious problem that teachers aren't being taught what they are expected to teach. Um, so what are your recommendations for going forward? That's the easy part. This is this is not, you know, I deal with a lot of complex and very political problems in trying to deal with teacher quality issues. Here's one that's a no-brainer. I mean, all you do is make sure that candidates get the courses that they should be taking to not just be ready for that test, but be ready for the classroom. Keep in mind that even teachers who are passing these tests will 
report to government surveys that they don't feel like they know the content they're being asked to teach. I had, I had a reporter yesterday say to me, well, anybody can teach elementary grades. Why do they need to take a test? This is ridiculous. And I said, if that's the case, why do most teachers feel a lack of confidence towards the content they're being asked to teach? Um, elementary math teachers, elementary teachers are notoriously math phobic by their own admission. And instead of addressing that math phobia, um, by giving them the math they need to be able to go into the classroom and be competent, a lot of institutions just say, here, go take any math course and you're done. You don't, we don't need to address what's going on. Well, there's 810 institutions of higher education that license teachers or offer the courses for teacher that teachers now, need to take? There's actually 1,450. 1,450. Now, is that a relatively large number as compared to other countries? Yeah. It it's defies imagination. If you controlled population, I mean, this is a this is an interesting interesting system we've developed in this nation because um, in China, if you controlled for population, we have six times the number of programs. Um, I've looked at um, you know I've tried to collect this data for Australia, UK, Finland. And I see no evidence, of, and it, it, it's a problem in that it, it encourages anarchy. <laughs> and the field has struggled for a long time to try to figure out how to bring some sense of structure and uh, professional competent expectations. Uh, it's really hard to do when you have so many programs doing, you know. Well, let's take you know. Australia. Do you have any idea how many institutions of higher education offer a teacher training program? I do, but not at the top of my head. <laughs> so um, I just, I'm, I've looked at it and... It's a it's relatively small. Relatively small, yes. So they can actually impose some standards on the admission to their programs and say, if you're not qualified, we're we're not going to let you into the program, and then they can actually have some rules as to what they, they're going to teach. Well, look at the efforts. I hope this isn't getting into the weeds too much, but look at the efforts to bring accreditation to the teaching profession. Every other field that you can name, engineering, science, you know, every other field out there has to be accredited to operate. And they've never um, been able to... Um, arrive in a edit an accreditation um, s system for teacher ed. So half the programs in the country remain unaccredited by their own uh, by teacher education. They remain broadly accredited um, by as being associated with the university, but their teacher college is not accredited, and we permit it. Well. If this is the case, it might help to explain why a lot of researchers find that having a teacher certification gives you no reason to think that that teacher's a better teacher than one without any certification. I mean, the study after study shows that the teachers who are certified are not more effective in the classroom than the ones who are not certified on average. That's, that's exactly what the research says. I mean, there's no disputing that. Um, where I part company with a lot of folks on, on conclusions with that is 
we now have knowledge about teaching and learning that we didn't have 30 years ago when I first got into this debate. And um, yet we don't find that higher ed, that teacher colleges are teaching that knowledge. They're not, for example, no, nowhere is that clearer than on the subject of reading instruction. We do not prepare um, elementary teachers in the methods that are scientifically based to teach um, kids how to read. And I think it's malpractice at this point because that research has been defined now for almost three decades. And there are still programs in the United States, most programs are not giving future teachers that knowledge. So um, to me, there is a strong case to be made for making sure teachers go through a good certification program. It's just most of them most of them do not give value for the money. Well, teacher quality has been an issue for a long time, but is it even more of an issue today than it once was? Do you think the quality... Women have so many other opportunities, and teaching is a female profession, as 80% of teachers are women, but women have many more opportunities today than they had 50 years ago. Has there been a decline in the quality of teachers as the most talented women go into other professions? Yeah, people like Carolyn Hoxby, uh, um, one of your colleagues at the Hoover Institution has studied that and um, really it's been clearly documented that we, that we do not attract um, the talent that we were once able to attract when, te- when women and minorities did not have a lot of other choices about what they were going to do for a living. Um, I don't. I think there are two reasons for that. The first is teacher pay. It's about twenty percent under what it should be when you compare it to comparable professions. So we need to remedy base pay, and we also need to um, do a much better job uh, rewarding great teachers and rewarding teachers who are willing to work in high need schools. Um, so we need to address huge problems with teacher pay, but we also need to um, address teacher prep. Um, on too many campuses, teacher, the teacher major is a very low status proposition. And if you're talented, especially if you're of color, um, everyone's saying to you, you know, you're too smart to consider that profession. And a lot of the coursework is, um, is aimed at a level that is not particularly rewarding to someone who has, uh, who's talented. And so I think one of the things that would make teacher prep more attractive is for it to be more selective about who gets into it and more rigorous. Because, you know, a a bright college student is not going to spend their college career doing something that they don't consider valuable to them. So if we had fewer teacher training programs but better teacher training programs and paid teachers more, and expected more of those programs that are still in operation, we might be able to make some real progress in our educational system. Yeah, Paul, you've just made the world a perfect place. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate, you are doing great work in bringing this important issue uh, to, to our attention. And I know it was a very uh, challenging task to assemble this information. So... Thank you for joining me on the Education Exchange. My pleasure. 
So I've been speaking with Kate Walsh, president of the National Council on Teacher Quality. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me for a new Education Exchange podcast released on the Education Next website every Monday at noon Eastern Time.